Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of the Warriors Huddle is brought to you by the Athletic Club Oakland, a sports bar we just love. If you listen to this podcast, you enjoy watching sports, and you already know that watching games with other fans just makes the experience better. Look, obviously, watching a Warriors game on your own is fine. I've done it for years. But watching the game in a place that lets me scream and cheer and just generally lose my shit with other dub fans is so much more fun. COVID stole that opportunity for a while, but the ACO has given it back. The Athletic Club Oakland has shut down their entire side street, created an enormous outdoor space called the Town Gardens, and filled that space with tables, more than 15 huge TVs, and their full complement of great food and drinks. It's big, it's comfortable, it's a great spot to watch Steph continue to rain threes during this incredible Warrior season, the NFL playoffs, or any other sport with fans while still staying safe. I love this bar. I love their food, I love their space, I love their TVs. I even love that it's family friendly. I can go there with friends and get way too passionate, or I can go with just my wife and kid and enjoy brunch while catching a game. The Athletic Club is now my go-to spot to watch all sports, especially the Warriors, and I hope you'll join us there. The Athletic Club Oakland, where sports fans can be sports fans again. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You are in Warriors Huddle with me, Bram, with me per usual, my boy and producer, Marcus. What's up, Dev Nation? And our master of all things Sound Maxine. How's it going? Gentlemen, three-man booth. I'll keep the normal joke, you know, hell of pressure on you guys to be funny this time in pocket. And in fact, I'm going to kind of change up the intro here. So we normally use this space to give somebody shit or tell some kind of joke to make everybody feel kind of comfortable. Today, I'm going to zag a little bit and give credit to where it's due. So a lot of people aren't getting to see this yet. I hope this group grows. But the video podcast that has been created, and I give 95% of the credit to this, to Maxime is fucking awesome. Um, it is absolutely worth checking out. And for those making the mistake of thinking it's just us talking, which is in itself kind of entertaining. I mean, I'll throw it's check out Marcus's shitburger camera or Maxime dressed for sub 300 degree weather right now. I have no <laughs> idea why he's wearing what he's wearing. But in addition to that, when we put in uh, interviews, the person who's being interviewed generally pops up. I think that the quality is only going to get better. So I wanted to throw that out there. If you are not checking out the video podcast, it's absolutely worth uh, seeing. And then one other logistical point, and it's connected, and it's going to put all of us a little bit on the spot, but I like the idea. So some background. Uh, this will shock you, boys, but I drank too much in college, and one of the ways I was able to accomplish that was by playing nonstop bucking drinking games, and then when I played it, I got way too competitive, you know, and we'd like sit down and try to have fun, and instead, I'd like immediately ruin it, and everybody took things too hard. And one of the upsides of that, I guess, is we started figuring out how people would cheat during drinking games. If they were drinking from beer bottles, they put the beer bottle up to their mouth, not actually drink anything and get away with, you know, basically not drinking during a drinking game. 
So the way that we fixed that is we came up with the concept of bubble master. Somebody would watch the person drink, and if they didn't see bubbles coming out, the uh, the person cheating would get punished. Here's the connection. I've realized in these video podcasts that sometimes when we didn't have the video on, people were foliness boys. They were pretending to have fucking fun. And I know that because now that we have video, I occasionally see body posture slump or people look fucking bored. So we are introducing new concept. We'll call it the master of body posture today. Maxime will be playing that role. The idea is now that you are that that role, Maxime, look out. If you see anybody on this video not looking like they're having fun or being bored or not paying attention or anything, let us know and we will give that person shit. I mean, like, what a great this fool. Marcus is yawning during the introduction to this. So, I mean, either he's a plant or this is fucked up. But today is our first day on the uh, master of body posture. Make sense, boys? Makes sense. I got to say, I don't know. I don't think you've ever seen my screen before when we do this, but I don't just have the Zoom feed up. I've also got the my digital audio workstation going. So, like, I'm constantly paying attention to at least four things. So, fuck it. What's another one? Yeah, well, that doesn't surprise me since this fool, I couldn't even finish the sentence. Marcus is yawning louder and bigger than I've ever seen anybody yawn. And I look to you to be like, oh, yawn, thinking it was a setup and you didn't say shit. So you are over one. I don't mind telling you, maybe minimize some of those fucking screens because we need you to be busting out. Marcus, gentlemen, glass half full. Let's talk Warriors. Um, this segment's easy. You've done it a million times. Look back at recent hoop. Give me something you either like or don't. Marcus, let's start with you. Uh, don't like our free throw shooting. Uh, it was talked about a lot on the broadcast uh, in the last game against Denver. Um, but we are just terrible. I think we're like 22nd, 26th, somewhere 20s, mid 20s of the league. Um, but we started off really well. I think we were like six or eight, um, whatever it was. So uh, it's just one of those things that you, you have to be a little bit better than where we are in order to be a championship team because there will be games that come down to the wire and free throws will decide it. So um, hopefully it's just a momentary thing and we can get back in there and focus. But, um, you know, I think if we shoot 70, 75% um, against Denver, then we win that game. I hate to steal anything from Bob Fitzgerald, um, but yeah, they, they talked about this on the broadcast a little bit last night. And one of the things he pointed out is, yeah, I mean, you're right. They are 22nd in free throw shooting. That in itself is upsetting. And you factor in that Steph and Jordan Poole are both on this team, both shooting in the 90s, and the team is still 22nd. Yeah, there's a hole in the boat, man. People are shitting the bed fairly hard. And to, to uh, underline what both you and Fitzgerald said, that's a problem, generally speaking, it's a huge problem if you have title aspirations, you know, so it's early. There's a lot of reasons that we don't have to panic, but it's it's something not to like. Maxime, what do you got? Well, um, just before I jump in, I want to comment on that, too, which is that I saw a stat that, right, the Rockets, which are the last um, in free throw percentage, are shooting something in the 70s, and we went, like, 51% in this last game. So, you know, obviously, in general, over the course of the season, there's a trend that says this is not a great situation for us, but it's never going to be quite, or it shouldn't be quite as abysmal as it was particularly um, against Denver last night. 
Uh, with you know that what said, I did like, and I'll, go I'll, I'm going to go right back. This is just a free throw point. I'll go right back to you. But the in the free throw thing. So one of the people who looked terrible last night was Kuminga, right? He went one for nine, whatever the hell it was from the free throw line to the point that at one point he got fouled and almost jokingly Wiggins went to go shoot it. I didn't like that. I did because there's no way he was going to get away with it, right? Like it, like they were going to notice that it wasn't him. And if I'm Kaminga, even though everybody laughed about it and was like, oh, you know, haha, yeah, Wiggins is a shooter, that would fuck up my comment. If there was any chance of me being able to get back up on the horse and hit those two free throws, Wiggins being like, oh, no, I'll jokingly go up there, would have stolen that confidence from me immediately. Uh, back to you, Maxine. Yeah. Um, the What I was going to say, it's, 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 uh, both a glass half full and a glass half empty, which is Draymond Green's absence, right? Obviously, the glass half empty is it looks like he's not going to be back uh, for Thursday's Denver game, which, you know, being at mile high is an additional burden, right, that we will probably um, uh, not be happy to see him absent. And then he's not going to be in town for the Jazz game either. So uh, that's not a really great sign. But the reason that it's a glass half full on the same side is, ironically, you sort of saw some of the value of Draymond Green, we know that he's a perennial defensive player of the year candidate, but on the offensive end. And I thought that was particularly special, right? In that we came back in the second half and sure. had an unbelievable um, defensive effort, right? Like like world-class. And that's without Draymond. And we know that Draymond's running the offense. We know that we're paying attention. And what that says to me is this team in general is doing a great job of talking with one another, of doing all of sort of the defensive fundamentals that holds like a really, really awesome Denver team to like, you know, 15 and 14 points in the second or in the third and fourth quarter. It's fantastic, right? But on the offensive end, the fact that we couldn't get anything going just is a testament to how much Draymond is operating. Even if he's not putting up points, you know, he's the one that's also running the offense. And I think it's just really special and deserves to be acknowledged there's a point where Steph who was having a pretty shitty game in the second half pushed the pace got to the hole and made a layup really quickly and Azubuki said oh he's these uh, imitating Draymond what a random um, unexpected compliment to Dre Steph is the best point guard in the league right and pushing the pace and getting an easy bucket is what point guards do for the best point guard in the league to do something associated with guard play and for the hometown announcer like oh hey that's their power forward who always does that just shows who the hell Draymond is um all right some things I don't like I don't like Marcus fucking yawning in the first two minutes of a show don't like that at all uh I don't like Maxime shitting the bed as the master of body posture in the first five seconds that we've given him the title so I don't like either of those two that's just what happens Looking for another Hoops podcast to add to your roster? Check out the Knuckleheads. NBA veterans Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles are lifelong friends and are bona fide truth tellers. Listen in as they invite special guests, high-profile athletes, musicians, and entertainers to get brutally honest about everything from current events to untold stories, from sports to culture. They're in their seventh season and making moves that are worth listening to. Check them out wherever you listen to your podcast. Things I do like. Here you go. I like, and then give me a minute here. Give me a little bit of space. I like loony offensive fouls on screens. Now, let me get out the obvious. Hella frustrating. It's part of the turnover problem, and it drives me crazy when you lose the possession. But here's what I like about it. Rewind the clock. 
go back to when Jordan was dominating the league and the only way, the only team that found any way to stop his fucking brilliance was the bad boys, you know, and they instituted the quote unquote Jordan rules. And what they do, they fouled the shit out of them. It's what they were just constantly doing. So one of the ways Chicago fought back on that was with Charles Oakley. I remember reading this book and they called him, they, I forget what it was. It was like the flight attendant. It was something that, you know, some play on air Jordan and Oakley's job was that if someone decided to foul Mike, Oakley found that guy and fouled the shit out of him again, you know, just and, and punished him, made that person, whomever it was, you know, if it was Rodman, whoever it was, Mahorn, if they punished Mike, they would get punished. And now they had to think about that. You know, I'm sure, sure they'd be physical with Jordan again, but they in the back of their head knew that Oakley was going to, you know, make them pay the piper. Bring it back to what I was talking about. What are they doing with Steph? Everybody holds them. Everybody chips them. Everybody fouls them. It's what they do. It's what we've seen. It's their only way of stopping this guy. So if every now and again, Loon is, is turning the ball over, but reminding these motherfuckers that if they do that, they're going to catch a chip on the other side. They're going to get a nasty ass foul. They have to think about it twice. Well, I'm on board for it, dude. I like it. You know, so we see it every now and again. If you see somebody get wiped out, you see Draymond do it too. Thumbs up for me. Um, other things I like. We're not going to talk a whole lot about the Phoenix game, but I think we can all agree. I liked every version of it. I think we all did. <laughs> I like what Steph did. I like what Otto Porter did. And for the purposes of this, I loved what Kuminga did. I like Kuminga experience. I liked it. It's, it's slowly developing. And they had something yesterday where they were showing the players who were young on, uh, on the Warriors roster. And they pointed out that Wiggins has developed under their tutelage. They pointed out that Jordan Poole has developed under their tutelage. Totally, when he comes back, we're going to see that Wiseman has developed. So if all of these things are, are, are you know in front of us, if we have proof in the pudding, who Kaminga might become? Another glass half full. Man, I am, I'm just on board for it. So a lot of things, you know, outside of the first 10 minutes of this podcast, I was really optimistic about almost everything Hooper-led. <laughs> well, I, Jamaica, I just want to comment on that, right? One of the potential benefits of Draymond being out is some extended Kaminga run. So that's just like some great news for his development. Um, but I also, you know, the, the um, expansive or the, ex the way that Looney's game is expanding, right? Chalk that up a little bit to the, the, the coach that was coaching Jokic, right? Um, sure. Before he came into the league, who's now on the Warriors staff, who I know is supposed to be working with Wiseman, but you know that they're all watching film together, um, talking about the center position. And, I, you know, I think it has expanded Looney's game, but I just think that's really exciting in general and, and an interesting sort of flashpoint to see Looney going up against Jokic in the game. Well, to make this an unnecessary Venn diagram, and I don't remember the coach's name, which is embarrassing. We should probably look it up. But one of the things I remember learning about him, because Wes came in and told us about him, was that when that dude was playing in the Serbian leagues, he was involved in, like, the biggest fucking brawl that's ever happened in, in oh, the yeah. Serbian leagues and was, like, in the middle of it, dude. And so, like, if Loon is suddenly a little bit more chippy, you know, if there's more people who are who find themselves, you know, ass first on the ground, I don't know. Maybe it's, like, <laughs> Serbian brawling techniques. Yeah, I mean, I... Who knows what kind of dope things he is learning? Uh, in uh, the so, Bram, I'm, I'm a little. So, his name is uh, Milojevic, I believe. I, I, I mean, I know that's what it is. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. But the reason I didn't bring it up is that I didn't want to make your body language 
looked slumped, right, as a result of me knowing something that you didn't know and then having you to call you out on it and it would have been this sort of... <laughs> we'll never know. You never would have noticed. Also, I appreciate neither of you pointed out it's gone now. There was a piece of random trash that was floating out of my window. I mean, I don't, I'm, I'm not recording this from the recycling center, so I don't know what was happening there. Let's move on. Boys, golden questions. Idea is simple. Little twist today. Idea is this is our mailbag. Uh, we are lucky enough to have listeners who write us questions. We pick out the best and try to answer them here. Most of the time, they're Warriors related. A lot of the times they get personal. Here's the twist. Uh, most of it, 99% of the time, I'm the one who goes through, calls out the questions. Today, switch that up a little bit. We all had a chance to go through them, pick out one that meant something to us. So we've got three golden, not five today. Let's go in reverse order. Maxime, start us off. Yeah, so um, this question is asking, basically, we've all been to, to Chase Center. Um, we know that uh, Oracle Arena is a great experience, but I'm wondering which NBA stadium are you most interested in going to that you haven't been to yet? Um, and I will say for me personally, right, having just um, seen some of the uh, excitement of Madison Square Garden um, in that Christmas Day game, that's an arena that I understand. It doesn't matter how the Knicks are playing. There's just so many storied components i mean from you know steph's early uh 50 spot game to just you know a lot of the ncaa tournament stuff i hear that's a fantastic building uh and that's one that i would love to go to i don't want to say msg i get hella pissy when we talk about like new york being the fucking home of basketball and how they're the best fans and people really want to play well there but what else am i going to say yes it's msg okay um I have been there, but not for a game. We went to New York and it does mean enough to me where I was like, oh, I'll go on a tour. And the tour, I mean, it's, it's cool being in the building, but there's not a lot to see when they're not playing anything. Like we saw like where the beer is stored. Um, we went, we didn't even get to go like onto the court. We went into the bleachers, which I didn't totally understand or the, the upstairs thing, the coolest uh, portion of the tours they brought us into the locker room and it was made up for the Liberty, the WNBA team. And like, I was like, that's, I mean, you know, I have a daughter. I'm pro women's sports. Also, I went there to see the fucking Knicks locker room and didn't care about the Liberty stuff. So it would be MSG, even though I've already been on a tour to it. Nice. Yeah, I, I've been lucky enough to go to one Knicks game at MSG. Um, and I was the same way as you, Bram. I, I was like, oh, I don't really get the hype. Like, it's just going to be a game. And then you get in there and you just you feel it. Um, so I will take my hat off and and to them and say that it does live up to the hype. There's something special about that arena and it, you just kind of have to feel it. So I'm going to go with, um, did you yawn the whole time? I did. Yeah. I it. Only because I was thinking of you. Yeah, um, I knew it. That's not funny. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you fucking right now. It's not funny. Maxime, tell him my body posture shows him that it's not funny. <laughs> um, so because of that, I'm going to go with, uh, what was formerly the Staples center, which is now the crypto.com really? or whatever it's called. Why? Um, just because it's the same, you know, like storied franchise. Um, if you're going to see the Knicks, I feel like you got to see the Lakers. Um, uh, it's I've been to a few arenas um, and seen a bunch of teams, and that's one of the ones I haven't. So um, I would just want to check it off the list. I never even I so that's totally. I mean, if we are talking about historic franchises, Lakers, Boston, I mean, yeah, they they're immediately in that. If we're talking about historic arenas, I never would have said Staples or or crypto. And I, I guess it's because of their fan base. I, as much as I resent New York's like 
hold on to basketball supposed supremacy. I respect their fans. You know, I mean, I respect them a lot when they were booing the shit out of Trey Young. I, I even respected that. I have no respect for Laker fans. I mean, just zip zero. They, from what I can tell, don't even like their team. They just like success. When the team isn't doing well, they're not there. You know, so I, I don't know. It, it somehow chips away from my willingness to go there. Yeah. Also, if you have tickets, I will go right now. <laughs> In a heartbeat, I'll go. <laughs> Give us our next question, MD. Um, cool. All right. Uh, this one wrote in. Listeners said, love the show. Happy holidays, guys. Uh, there were rumors of us trading for Turner or Sabonis. If both are on the table and Indy says, we want Wiseman, Kaminga, and Moody, and you can choose either, do you pull the trigger? Should we answer that one first, man? What's your immediate? Uh, you you are more of our basketball purist on the show. You you've been watching them. We've we've talked around this uh, this issue a little bit. What do you think? Would you say yeah? Uh, I feel like the two weeks ago I would have said yes um, for Turner. I think Turner is a little bit better fit. Um, now I think Sabonis is a better fit, but I I'm sold on the upside of Kaminga. He's super super raw, but that rawness I think can be channeled in a really strong way. To your earlier point about being under the tutelage of of Steph Clay and Dre, um, I think him learning that if he can stay patient and just be okay with the learning lessons and the time it takes to do that. I think him and Wiseman would make a formidable um, one-two punch. I don't think they're Kobe and Shaq, but they may be Kobe and Shaq light. It's so no, I say no. Um, it's a well-timed question because if we're going to say yes, it's because of the Phoenix matchup, you know, and we see JaVale McGee gives us issues, you know, Deandre Ayton is absolutely going to give us issues in a seven game series. And we don't have an immediate answer to that. And we're not sure who Wiseman's going to be. Maybe he is. We know that Turner and Sabonis could probably guard down there in the post. Hopefully Wiseman can. We're not positive any of that. So I see its upside. I still say no. I say no both for now and for the future, right? So you just cover the future, MT. I'm with you. Um, I believe in who Kuminga is going to become. I think that they're going to be good enough currently where I don't want to mortgage anything. So no, I'm saying um, I'm no because I want to see how those guys develop. Even, for- with, even with Jokic, like getting rebounds and shooting over our whole team like they were third graders? Sure. Yes. Um, the, the, absolutely. Although last night, the problem wasn't defense. We limited those bastards to 29 in the second half and and still came up short. But the, the analysis for me doesn't begin on the floor. And you've heard me say this. It begins off of it. The chemistry that these guys have been able to achieve is not something that's easy. It's easy to break, really hard to fucking build. And so if I if it's not someone who's an immediate yes, and I've got another trade suggestion for you who might be, but if it's not an immediate yes, then it is an immediate no for me because I, I want to see where this goes and I just want to watch it be developed. Yeah. Judging Maxime only by your nodding, I think you agree with me. So I'm going to switch <laughs> the player. All right. But I want to keep the question because the other the, the question that I had that I'm not going to go with, but I'll slip in here is, do you guys have any interest in Anthony Davis? 
Because what's happening in L.A. is fucking not what anybody thought and is not what anybody wanted. And I guarantee you that LeBron is not happy. Right. And the Lakers aren't either. They're, they're not winning now and they're a little bit mortgaged for the future. So I don't think that AD's on the block. But, you know, rewind the clock six weeks. He's way more on the block now than he was, you know, in the season start. So if, and I did this on the trade machine, money works. If you gave up Wiggins and Wiseman and brought back AD, would you be interested? I'm going to use your logic and say, if it's not an immediate yes, then it's an immediate no. And it's a no for me, uh, primarily because Davis just isn't available. Wiggins has missed like one game, yep. you know, in the last eight years. And, um, you know, Wiseman is is coming back, but... Anthony Davis is always hurt. I always say, it, you know, on on our pod is that he always, every game he has at least two moments where he's on the ground and it looks like it could be a catastrophic injury. And it just happens to be this last one was a legit, you know, MCL sprain. So um, I would say no, but pro- not because he's not a good fit. I think if he plays and he's healthy, then he is um, our cheat code. He's the closest to Kevin Durant that we would get as a replacement player, but he's just not going to be available. He's not going to be playing there. The only reason he made it through a whole season and was because he was in the bubble and he was able just to sit there and focus on his body and not play too much. So just, I wouldn't do it. So he's 28 Maxime. So you can, I I'm, I'm probably going to say no to this too, but just to stoke the fire, you know, he's 28. His reputation has taken one hell of a hit in the last month. I mean, everyone's super angry at him, but rewind a couple of years. This kid's the fucking future. I mean, they have, like Anthony Davis was the exact body type you needed. He's winning championships with Kobe's step back threes. I mean, he's, he's the whole nine yards. And when healthy, he really compliments the Warriors in almost every way. He solves your defensive front court problems. He can hit the three, add spacing. You know, we haven't seen the passing, but I bet you in this offense, he could do it. So there's, it, you know, it's a sexy name. Um, all that out there. Yes or no? Uh, I'm still no. I think I, you know, in fact, I didn't realize he was already 28. I thought he was closer to 26. Um, so it just shows you how time flies. But it's also, look, it's it's also because of who we're putting up. I mean, I understand, like, Wiggins is the 81, 82 game player a season. So, like, talk about, you know, the other side of the coin there. Um, friend of the show, Ben Golliver, talks about availability being the best ability, which I think is true. You, you know, you score zero points if you're sitting out the game. But also, Wiseman... I think we still haven't even come close to seeing what he can provide for us. Uh, and and he's a supreme, supreme talent. And I'm very, very high on him. And I think there's reason to be optimistic about his future. Um, even if it's a couple of years out, I think the amount of time that Anthony Davis is going to be off the floor is not going to um, win out over the amount of development that we're going to get over Wiseman in the next couple of years. I had, this is going to back you, Marcus. Um, I did, I'm a video game player, I have been for years, and I was an Xbox guy for long enough, and I'm old enough to remember I had an Xbox and I lived through the red circle of death era. If you had an Xbox, there's a period of time where for fucking no reason at all, the thing that should have been green would turn red, and when that happened, you could never use it again. You had to send it back you had to Xbox, and they'd like, it take forever, and you get one back. I say this because... I had two Xboxes that went red circle of death and I could never do it again because after that, I just never trusted them. I I couldn't plug it in. Even if it was working fine, I was just ready for the fucking thing to go red circle. That's what it would be like to have AD on the team. 
that like as as good every single time you did something great and it would be phenomenal in the back of your head you'd be waiting for that red circle of death you'd be waiting for him to go down never be on the floor again and then you've mortgaged it all for a guy you kind of knew had this history um so i i understood what you said i agree with it uh and you know ad's not on the block but is at least worth exploring and then okay. lebron would just be celebrating with Wiggins and Wiseman just having a fun time going to the playoffs while we don't. Well, we're like, is there anything we can get you, AD? Like, you need some Gatorade in your fucking hospital bed? Like, what? How can we help you through this? Yeah, I was just gonna say, um, you know, with that said, Microsoft, if if you do want us to sponsor you and Xbox, we're happy to do that. I'm sure Bram was willing to reconsider it. Just letting you know, you can ship the Xbox to us directly. We'll try it out and we'll say nothing but good things about it on the show. I would do commercials for 80s ligaments. I don't give a fuck, dude. <laughs> Throw it on. <laughs> Let's go. Most reliable ligaments I've ever watched play <laughs> basketball. Here's my question. Okay. And um, and I appreciate it. And it was one that I first took as a joke. And now I've spent enough time thinking about where I really want your guys to take. Here it is. Quote, every year there seems to be a player that Warrior fans take really hard. This year it is Chioza. And Chioza finally struck back. Recently, he tweeted, quote, I love y'all IG and Twitter's haters. Y'all keep me entertained. Happy holidays and stay blessed. No, I will. Then here's the question the listener attached. As fans, do we have an obligation to not shithouse our own players? So a little bit of background. And the guy's right. You know, last year it was Wanamaker. This year it's Chioza. There are normally a player, doesn't get that many minutes, who gets – 90% of the ire from Warriors fans. We get angry, you know, and, and we take to social media and, and lash out. So do we have an obligation to not do that? I mean, I, I do it after the Phoenix game and I thought it was clever. I patted myself on the back repeatedly. I tweeted out that uh, LeBron had top 75 AD and couldn't beat OKC. Steph dragged Chiosa past Phoenix. But if I was Chiosa and I read that, I'd be like, fuck Warriors huddle. Fuck, you know, like all of these people. And I tell you what, but him taking to uh, Twitter and basically tweeting out that it doesn't bother me, 100% means it bothers me. You know, you, you never answer to a charge until it's been made. If I suddenly am like, Marcus, I didn't steal your wallet. You'd be like, what? You'd immediately check your wallet. You're like, okay, well, this guy probably stole my wallet. So there's our backdrop. Give me some answers here. Either of you, which ones do you want to feel the first? Is there an obligation to not do this? I don't think there's an obligation, but... Um... I do think it's I do think he should support everybody that wears a Warriors uniform uh, with the exception of Todd Fuller. Um, I think there's just a I don't know, like there's a reason why he's on the team. And I to your earlier point about the chemistry, uh, there's something there that maybe we're not aware of as fans as a reason why he helps with that chemistry is what I'm guessing. Um you know, when we were debating between uh, Bradley and Galloway and, and GP2, and we were all on the Bradley train, I was heavy on the Bradley train. You know, we they knew something about the chemistry and the player that we didn't know. So, um, you know, Chioza last year played uh, for the Nets and, you know, had a, had a good run and got some quality playing time. So there's got to be something there. I don't know what it is, and I think – if he's a warrior, then um, he's part of the family and you got to ease off. 
I'm going to be master of body posture here. Maxime's body posture screamed. I was not on the Bradley train. But Maxime, we don't want to hear it. <laughs> want to hear shit about you loving GPT. Dude, I fucking remember. That's it. right. You, you did call it. Yeah. yeah. And you just showed me with your shoulders. So we don't need to hear you <laughs> bust it out in any other way. Um, How could you see his shoulders do that amazing goose jacket? Oh, it's incredible, dude. It is incredible. It looks like the fucking brown grimace. Like it's I, I, no one's ever been warmer recording a podcast at any stage ever. That is every word he says is hot as fuck for sure. <laughs> For sure. Um, for the Gioza thing. So I think it, it breaks down onto uh, what's your role as a fan. And there's not one that's dictated. It's it's up to you. Why do you watch it? What are you what are you doing with this source of entertainment? If you are watching this like a movie, you're not there to support them. You know, let me let me do a better job of describing this. The two options for me are you're a fan and you want to do everything you can to help this team win. You're a fan and you just want to interact with this entertainment in any way that you can, right? Let's take the latter. You just want to interact with it. It's like a movie, your favorite TV show. Well, movie, favorite TV show, pick anybody you don't like, shit house them to your heart's content. Bring up that person to everybody. Take to social media, write a fucking blog about it. This person's boring. His lines are terrible. Whatever. Say anything you want. If that helps you to interact with the entertainment, go for it. Same thing for the team. If that's not how you view yourself, you know, if you, you view yourself as like this uber fan who will do anything to help Steph get his next championship, you know what you don't do? You don't erode the confidence of one of the people who are literally on the floor trying to help him do exactly that. So, and and again, not right or wrong. I just did it, you know, with, with the Phoenix game. Like I, I understand it, but I do think there has to be a baseline acceptance of what am I trying to do? What kind of fan I am or am I? And then, all right. Go for it. Embrace that and do any act how you want. Yeah, I mean, I, I that's interesting that you say that because I feel like we almost have an obligation as a fan base to do a certain amount of this. Um, and I don't mean to say like we shouldn't be dragging people unnecessarily. Look, I actually think Chioza has made some really valuable contributions even on the court um, in spite of him sort of being uh, the weakest link. Um, you know, I do think it's our responsibility as a fan base if we want the team to win to be pointing out opportunities and you know flaws right it's sort of like the situation with d'angelo russell sure on the surface bob myers was saying all the right things letting us know like no we're in it for the long haul but as we know now dude was trying to ship him off the first second that he possibly could right and so you know obviously we're not bob myers and we're not probably going to sway his opinion but if there is enough sort of public sentiment one way or another that is sort of a mechanism that says like hey this isn't working you might want to be checking something out maybe i'm overzealous about my ability to actually um have an impact on this, but I do think it matters. I think it depends on what we're, you know, I don't think people are taking to Twitter and being like, uh, Chiosa, keep your elbow in on fucking, you know, 15 footers. <laughs> you know, I don't know if it's a whole lot of constructive criticism. And if Myers is looking to social media, like, you know what? I'm kind of on the fence on whether or not we should, oh shit, Maxime and Berkeley hates this fucking guy. Ty, like sentiment means get him out. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it has that kind of impact. Fair enough. I gotta say though, this body posture has been pretty exemplary this whole time, man. I've been I've been watching. Um, there's a lot of smiles. There's a lot of like relaxed shoulders, but not slumped shoulders. Listen, this is a three man booth without any chiozas. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Let's make sure we don't have a master of body posture sweat because the, the bell would be going off nonstop. I, every time I raise my hand, I'm like, oh, stop raising your hand. That shirt shows all the sweat under your armpit, and we don't need to do that. Let's move on to our last segment. 
Last not least, and one we haven't visited for a while. So most of these things I pilot. This one I'm not going to. Um, here, Marcus has done some background research, has looked beyond the Warriors, has looked around the league. That's the name of the segment. And is going to give us three stories from the NBA. We'll then vote on which of the three we want to talk about. MT, what'd you find? Look around the league. Oh, here we go. First one is Greg Monroe was uh, recently signed by the Minnesota Timberwolves on a 10-day hardship contract. He became the 541st player used in the NBA this season, and that's already an NBA record, and we're only in December. So um, we could talk about just kind of how COVID has been playing havoc. How many people do we think will play this year in the league, and will it impact uh, the playoffs like it's threatening to with the NFL? Uh, Story number two, Kyrie Irving is back. And he said, quote, he wasn't prepared for the consequences of not being vaccinated. Not quite sure why he wasn't prepared, but uh, we could talk about that Um, and kind of dovetail into, uh, you know, an interesting premise is, you know, Brooklyn is number one in the East right now um, and they're getting Kyrie back. We're number one in the West or you know, just behind Phoenix and getting clay back. So, you know, are we on a crash course for this finals matchup with KD? Um, And number three, uh, Russell Westbrook has not panned out very well in Los Angeles. And some people are speculating that he should be traded again for none other than John Wall. So would a John Wall for Russell Westbrook trade makes sense and happen again, which would be interesting because they both have terrible contracts and were already traded for each other. Maxine, what's your vote? I feel, I mean, this what a weird sentence you'd never hear uh, uttered into this microphone, but I feel bad for fucking LeBron. Holy <laughs> shit, dude. Like that's what they came up with is they looked around and like, we have real problems with Russell Westbrook. What can we do? So I was like, call John Wall. <laughs> He's getting paid by the Washington Wizards to be like, here's the only consequence of the check we're giving you. Stay the fuck away from here. It's like, we just, we do not want you to play basketball for us. Do anything else you want. That's fine. Just do not come out on the floor. <laughs> Uh, Maxine, what's your vote? Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I think we got to talk about Kyrie, right? <sighs> you agree, MT? Um, yeah, I, I think so. The wall for uh, Westbrook, I think, will get be short lived. So, uh, always fun to talk about Kyrie. Would you and guys to be do clear? It? I do not. I do not feel bad for LeBron. This is his own making. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that, man. Well, they have uh, terrible contracts. They they could only trade Westbrook and like Taylor and Tht Horton, Horton Tucker and like one other person who is not going to get anybody for you. This will be a topic down the road. I know that we would let's talk about Kyrie, um, but I don't like my villains getting old. I don't I don't I don't like change, dude. Is what I don't like. Um, and so no, I I feeling sorry for LeBron would be an impossibility if he's still at the top of his game. Watching Darth Vader get old, I like I don't like it, it's a weird thing. It makes me feel vulnerable. Like I I don't like it, but that's not a rabbit hole. You know, I'll save that for therapy later in the week. <laughs> Let's talk about Kyrie. And I I I promised I would shut up. I just want to ask this one follow up. Would you boys, if you were leading Brooklyn? And this championship season is going the wrong fucking direction, you know, and you're wasting one of KD's all-time seasons. I mean, like, I get why they brought him back. I understand this. If you were uh, Sean Marks or you're one of the people who made the decisions in Brooklyn, 
would you have acceded? Would you have been like, fuck it, let him back? You know, he, he's a great player. We're paying him to play. Let's watch him play basketball. No. Um, I think it just sets the wrong precedent. Like, if you you have to stick to your guns, and if you weren't going to allow him to play then back then, then doing it now just is so contradictory that I don't understand what the reason is. I mean, it, there's a lot of teams that don't have players, but that's not a good enough reason to skirt around a, a health issue. I mean, if I, I guess I never read like the press release on the rules behind why Brooklyn decided to enforce what they enforced. But the obvious infer, I mean, what I've always assumed is like, well, okay, it's not safe. Like they want people to be vaccinated and we want that. Like, let's see, we want people to be vaccinated. We want that because it is safe so that if you are not vaccinated, you are unsafe. If those are the three things that went down, you know, and then now they've decided, actually, no, come back and play. Well, did something change with the first two? Like, did you just decide, like, is it suddenly safe? Okay, well, if it's not suddenly safe, then why don't you give a fuck about him being safe anymore? Like, what was it that changed in this analysis? Um, well, I, think it, with- I think it was different. I think it was that he was only available for away road games, and they didn't want a part-time player um, to disrupt that chemistry of what they were building. They were saying, you're either with us for every game or you're with us for no games. So I understand that. And then now that all these protocols came into place and Omicron is kind of wreaking havoc, um, I think they've they've played enough away games and home games with different lineups that they're like, well, what's the difference? If he's only going to be with us for a handful of games, so are all these other players. So if um, I'm using that analysis, I would let him back. I would. Yeah. If, if this, if the only analysis that I brought to my players and everybody else was, all right, this is just about wins and losses, you know, literally that's, I don't get it. This has nothing to do with the global pandemic has nothing to do with the health decision has nothing to do with any of that it's wins and losses. And now because of change rostered circumstance, this gets us more wins. I can understand that. But if, if it had anything to do with health, then no, I think that, that they need, they owed it to their players, to every, to the society at large to continue to value health over the, the other concerns. I agree. And I I just think it's hard to say that it's about wins and losses when you're sitting in first place. So like, you know, like it just, it doesn't ring true if you're like, well, we, you know, if you were underperforming, if you were, you know, like disappointing, like the Lakers are right now, then it'd be like, okay, I get it. You're, you're worried about the team making the playoffs and your job, but right now you're number one in the Eastern conference. Like it's not about wins and losses. Your team is doing fine without it. So to me, it just is uh, a little hypocritical. Where are you on this, Maxine? I MT, you sort of, you sort of nailed it, you know, and I think at the end of the day, the Nets that's are- my name, Bram. It's Bram. It's not MT. <laughs> that's weird. Yeah. You also didn't look at me when you said that also weird. Yeah, let me give you yeah. some body posture for this one, Max. Yeah, let comment. me give you some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't want to sink you down. This whole body posture thing is tough, man. Because like, I saw your shoulders slump when MT came out with the take. You know, you're like, shit. I didn't come up with that. That was rough. I saw you. And you're mystery. Like, okay, you're not the master anymore. I cannot, dude. I cannot, you have too many fucking you windows open. You can't. You obviously can't see anything. You were looking at whatever the fourth window is. You need to fucking pay better attention. In any case. I think Sean Marks and, and the Nets are really solidifying themselves as sort of the 
you know, the villains of the league, right? And maybe everybody else is going to say that's the Warriors. But I just, if you're anybody besides the GM of the Nets, there's just no way that you can justify doing this, right? But if you're looking at revenue, if you're looking at trying to stay in the normal one position, I mean, it's completely obviously not a health decision. And I would say it's probably more about keeping Kevin Durant happy and to a certain extent keeping Kyrie Irving happy than it is about anything having to do with health. And I think it's really sad because what it implicitly says is all of those people that were um, protesting out front saying like, we stand with you Kyrie those people are right you know I mean not even just implicitly pretty much explicitly because they said you're right we're acquiescing and we're putting Kyrie Irving back on the team so what that says to me is if I'm an anti-vaxxer which I'm not but if I'm an anti-vaxxer I'm going to continue to say this is right because look at what Sean Marks and the Nets did and it's it's providing no consequences so it's it's a bummer on every single level but I think we got sidetracked from from the original slate of questions that MT was asking, or is that, or is that just the extent of the conversation you wanted to have? Oh, that that was that was it. Is you know, I mean, the second half of it was Brooklyn hasn't played with Ky- Kyrie hasn't played for Brooklyn yet, and they're still number one in the East. Uh, the Warriors haven't played with Clay Thompson yet, and we're still one in the West. So is that you know, like both those players are coming back pretty soon? Is this just a a crash, are they on a crash course uh, towards each other for the finals? And, uh, if, I think if, the answer is yes. But can he play here? So we know he can't play in Brooklyn if they make in the finals. But if he play, because it's it's vaccination or proof of a negative test to get into Chase, right? You don't need vax to to play in SF. Or am I wrong about that? You know, so if if you if that's what happens, if this is a collision course that has been you know true the whole season, and it's Warriors versus the Nets in the finals. For sure, Kyrie can't play in Brooklyn. Can he play in the in the games here, or does the lack of vaccination mean he can't play in the finals at all? See, I'm not I'm not keeping track of this stuff, but like this is why Wiggins, you know, why it was such a big deal that Wiggins wasn't vaccinated at the beginning of the season. There was no conversation right. about whether or not he was going to be able to have a negative test. I, I don't know if it's different for players versus you know people coming into the arena or if the law has changed since the season started but it sure seems to me based on the Wiggins situation that he wouldn't be able to play in either arena Kyrie well, yeah, because if that's true and this is a wins loss analysis and they know for certain that they get to the finals and he still can't play you know then like this there, there's a cap on even the band-aid they're trying to put on this you know especially if what they do is finally develop the chemistry with Kyrie and then they get <laughs> there and they don't have fucking Kyrie um I mean there, there's a there's a Pennywise pound foolish portion to this analysis. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. I I think opposing players are okay to play and chase. It's just the home team. So in Why? that scenario. Why the hell would they make that distinction? Is there a doctor saying if you're wearing a certain color jersey, it's all good? That seems to be <laughs> really, really fucking short-sighted. It does. Um, but that would be such an interesting scenario. I, I feel like Kyrie would cave at that point. I don't think he goes to the finals and only plays three games out of it because they're playing, you know, I'm assuming that the Warriors would have the better record um, and only plays, you know, I guess he, yeah, four games out of the, out of the three or, or seven, right? If he could, I mean, there's a chance he plays zero. I mean, this is no longer true for the things we've been talking about today, but, you know, the season starts, the presumptive Western favorites were the Lakers. That's also in California. You know, like the, the a lot of these teams who they would be playing for the ultimate prize for the reason why KD teamed up with Kyrie, he would not be able to suit up. He, he literally wouldn't be there, um, which is that's it's not a small thing. You know, if you're yeah. hand pick games, it's probably the finals. 
Yeah, and it's the same thing. Uh, DC just implemented it, right? Like, and Bradley Beal ended up getting vaccinated because he was going to not be able to play. So, if they play, you know, um, DC in the in the playoffs, that for some reason, if that's the matchup, then he can't play against them. Here's an interesting follow-up. Why the hell did Maxime point out your shoulders slumping when I came up with something that you didn't come up with? I didn't hear anything from him, dude. Not one thing. Uh, this is a hard job, man. Like I said, multiple screens. Get off my back. First time. No, it's the first time. I'm, you know, don't worry. I will be taking it away from you. I think I will be the master of body posture from here. MT, any other things in Kyrie worth uh, covering? Are we completed the gamut here? Um, not in the Kyrie world, but tangential um there was an article um in nets wire which is a part of usa today and the um, author ajayi brown i don't know if i'm saying their first name correctly but just a horrible article the (laughs) title is draymond green would be a perfect player for the nets playoff push I mean, that just well, gives yeah. you a head to, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it's just, it's so weird. Like, I don't, I, I really want to know if Ajayi has ever really watched basketball because A, there's no way that Draymond Green is getting traded. B, you're talking about him like he's just, you know, kind of like a rotational player who's available at the trade deadline. And then why would he go to the Nets of all teams? I'm like, what, who would you trade back for him? It's just, it's a really weird article and it got me upset. I almost made it my glass half empty and and was going to be upset about it, but it's so bad that it's just funny. It's like a Saturday Night Live character, like Magic GM. You know, like, what else can we do? And he's like, ah, I've got an idea. Let's trade for Draymond and give up nothing. (laughs) Boom, like championship. (laughs) It's like, let's build a time machine and draft Michael Jordan. It's like, yeah, I don't know, man. That would help, but I don't feel like he's going to do shit. Let's train a fucking lion to dominate everybody. Like, I I don't think any of those are going to I have an article too. Giannis would be the perfect player for the Dubs final playoff push. Hell yeah. If we can, Giannis, (laughs) if, if we can get him to agree to play for us for a dollar. Or like, we'll be so good. Nobody will ever be able to beat our salary cap and we will be <laughs> champions forever. I love that well, you were concerned about pronouncing his name right. I thought that was going to be like, because this guy, like you drag his article, but you want to make sure you got his name right. I respect that. You know, just in case when they're listening, everybody on there who it is. Yeah. Katie's listening, so Katie's probably telling them about this. (laughs) So the other 14 people who wrote a very similar article, we are not talking about. I don't don't know if you're listening to the name that Marcus gave, but you can stop being angry. This wasn't about you. It was about the guy whose name I've already forgotten, and I don't know how to produce at all, at all. Remember, you guys, if you want to get us a question for the segment, you can throw it out to our email account, which is at where, Maxime? Huddle at warriorshuddle.com. Boom. You can also hit us up on Twitter where we are at Warriors Huddle. Perhaps most importantly, get in on this body posture game. Watch this video that we've been putting together to do that. You got to support us on Patreon, which, by the way, means the absolute world to us. Hop up on Patreon. Look up Warriors Huddle and you can support us for as little as a dollar a month. There's different levels on there. If you uh, reach for the gold ring and give us as much as $15, then we will read your name at the end of the podcast. And we do this not just as like fulfilling a promise because we, you know, we said we would. Also, as a shout out to the people who make this show possible. Um, this, even though it's probably hard to believe, takes a lot more time and effort than you can imagine. And one of the reasons we're able to do that, despite being parents and professionals and the whole fucking nine yards 
is for people like you. So it's worth reading out your name. So thank you to Steve, Rob, Noah, Jeff, Cheryl, and Amy. You mean the absolute world to us with that in mind. Go Warriors. Hopefully, we'll see you next week. Happy New Year. Good, good.